As we prepare to enter a new year, what have been the biggest vegan news stories of 2023? What progress have we seen in the vegan movement over the last 12 months and what have been the biggest setbacks? And what stories have already become tomorrow's to fish and chip paper? Anyway, that's enough of the falafel. I'm Kate. And I'm Anthony and this is the 2023 Vegan News Awards of the Year. Thanks for joining us for the Enough of the Falafel 2023 Vegan News Review of the Year. Now, as you may know, every Monday we release a new episode of our Vegan Week show detailing the biggest news stories of the week relating to veganism, animal rights and outcomes for animals. Yes, but as 23 comes to a close, we thought what better opportunity to zoom out and look back over the last 12 months as a whole and discuss what news stories have defined the vegan movement, its progress its setbacks and what may be to come in the coming year. Yes, but before we do so, we want to thank our show sponsors, the fabulous vegan-founded Fire and Flow Coffee. Remember, if you love great coffee, want to spend your money with vegan businesses and love a cheeky discount, head over to fireandflowcoffee.co.uk, enter Falafel10, so that's Falafel10, at the checkout to get a brilliant 10% off your order. Right, enough of the falafel. Let's pick out the best and worst of 2023's vegan news. Okay, so we've split the news stories into lots of different categories and between us, Kate and myself will decide what the winners and losers of 2023 will be. Obviously, it's just a bit of fun. No one's a loser. You know, hold your emails. It's it's fine. So the categories are biggest impact news story, biggest win for animals, best film, best ad, most impactful study, most unlikely plant-based tech development, most annoying story and biggest setback to the animal rights movement. And we will finish with our 2024 predictions. So let's look at the three contenders for the first category, biggest impact news story. What have we got, Kate? Yes, and there are so many contenders for this one. The story that caught the most people's attention and that has the most potential to do so. Back in April, we had the protests at the Grand National Horse Racing event where 100 protesters were arrested. We've also seen several UK councils, including Oxford and Norwich, opt to ditch all animal products at their events, as well as Cambridge, Warwick and London Metropolitan Universities voting to serve only plant-based foods at university outlets. Yeah, we also saw big moves across the world too, as Denmark became the first country in the world to unveil a plant-based action plan to lead its country to eat more plant-based foods. Lidl in Germany also announced that they would make vegan options the same price as their meat-based equivalents in their German stores, whilst at the start of the year, the FDA in the United States announced that animal testing would no longer be required for pharmaceuticals 
prior to human usage. So the question that we're going to try and tackle now is which do we think has had the biggest effect on the vegan movement? Kate, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Well, on on the face of it, they're all amazing and have massive potential to create a huge impact. I have so much admiration for the, the people who protested at the Grand National. I mean, so brave what they did. That felt really massive to me as well at the time. Like, yeah. That was making national and international news. I think yes. sometimes because we're in a vegan bubble, depending yeah. on, on what our uh, social media settings are and things like that. Like we can think that stuff's having a bigger impact than it is. But like that story definitely was was reported everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So many movements have, I mean, we think of the suffragettes for a start, you know, mm. have started in this way in protests and gained momentum and then finally have succeeded. So, and it has highlighted that actually horse racing, I mean, most people haven't got a clue, have they? Horse racing, they think, oh, it's a bit of fun. And they don't think about what actually happens to the horses. I mean, it's not just the actual race that's so dangerous for them is it it's what happens to them if they if they fail so-called fail in their racing potential what have you I mean just a horrible industry I mean they made a massive impact and that's wonderful what's interesting I think is that look looking at these stories particularly in the UK like all of the ones that we've listed have had quite a lot of backlash too so I think a lot of people have become quite skeptical of there's been aggressive responses on online against protesters for example, you see a lot of videos of people protesting now with people saying, look at this, it's ridiculous what this person is doing. Then the other contenders that we've put forward, the, the UK councils and the UK universities that are saying, oh, we're going completely plant-based, that's had a similar backlash, hasn't it? Do you think that's just a, a symptom of us succeeding and getting things in the spotlight, that it's getting backlash or like should, be, should we be worried about it? Not at all worried, no. I think it's fantastic that we're getting backlash of course we're going to get backlash we're we are confronting the system we are we're making obvious that we want to turn the system upside down we want to change things and we're making a massive impact all these things are making a massive impact and the thing with Biddle um, it's making an impact on a personal level people making personal choices to like for like products but they're at the same price and I'm guessing Lidl is gonna is probably aiming to make them even cheaper so they're going to become the obvious default choice for people and then you've got Oxford and Norwich councils at local government level helping people make choices showing by example I mean they're probably getting huge backlash from I mean Norwich uh, Norfolk is a very animal agricultural area yeah absolutely and I think though we're seeing backlash 10 years ago that there's absolutely no way that this would have even been proposed let alone voted through and accepted yeah. and implemented and yeah of course of course we're going to get backlash at the moment because vegans make up such a small proportion of the population but mm. we're starting to make those inroads aren't we and it's it's so frustrating how slow change can be but like you say when you've you've got a, a council for, mm. for an area that is so synonymous with animal agriculture. Well, in my head it is, isn't it? A lot of my family come from East Anglia and I think of it as very much a farming county. The, the fact that their council is saying, no, we're not serving any animal products at our events. Yes, Jeremy Clarkson's gone even redder in the face over it, but and, and so have lots of other people. But actually, it's it's coming through, and that's that's the sign of progress, isn't it? We're, we're probably going to be seeing the backlash for a, 
a very long time. I wouldn't like to predict what year it would be when something like this goes through and nobody objects. And, mm. and probably it's, it's good that nobody that, that people object because, you know, we're supposed to be in a free democracy where you can debate these things. So, like, I, I'd always defend people's right to, to reply to these things. But we're, we're always going to hear that for probably in our lifetimes, I would have thought. But but they're getting put through, aren't they? That's that's the main thing. Yeah, it's amazing. I love your measurement by Jeremy Clarkson's <laughs> how red his face is. As to... <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Jeremy Clarkson ometer or whatever would you call it? I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think <laughs> if it gets to like a real t- deep purple, possibly a blue, then then we're doing really well, aren't we? But at Absolutely. the moment, I'd say it's it's crimson. So yeah, so I love all that. I love also Denmark. What they're doing is incredible, but it's very smart. They can see the writing on the wall. They want to get in there quick with their uh, technology. They want to build up their products um, so that they're in a good place to make a load of money, I guess. You know, they've got a massive meat industry there, haven't they? Absolutely huge. I was going to say, researching that story, it was really interesting to see that actually out of a lot of countries in Europe, in a sense, they were kind of one of the last contenders you would think would do this because Mm. so much of their, their exports are based around animal agriculture, but maybe they've just got braver politicians because we're seeing so much at the moment in this country. Perhaps it's because there's going to be a general election in the next 12 months, but we've seen so much, uh, so many sound bites from politicians just basically trying to tell people what they want to hear rather than doing the right thing. And mm. it, it struck me that in Denmark anyway, maybe it's just a case of the, the grass is greener on the other side, but it seemed to me like their politicians were saying, you know, we're not too concerned if you think this is the right thing to do or not. Like we're listening to the science and it is the right thing to do and we're going to start making those steps. But I mean, mm. I, I, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kate, is like several of these stories have got massive potential for change, but they're not necessarily making the change yet. Are they? Do you see what I mean? So like United mm. States announcing that an- animal testing is not mandatory anymore. Mm. Well, that's great potential to change outcomes for animals, but the change hasn't happened yet necessarily. Same with Denmark. I mean, it's paving the way, but it's mm. it's kind of not there yet, isn't mm. it? And I, is, is that something we just need to accept in the animal rights movement at the moment that like the big the big news is actually going to be potential change Mm. rather than actual change. Yeah, I I think so. And we're building the new, aren't we, all together in all these different fronts. And so, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's potentially going to be absolutely world-changing, isn't it? And the animal testing in the USA, is it California? No, where is it? No, the whole country. The whole country, wow. So, I mean, potentially that is massive because it's a huge, huge, horrible industry. But it sounds like the pharmaceutical companies actually want an end to, to the testing because it's so expensive for a start. Mm. And it probably delays new pharmaceuticals coming out quite a bit. And actually kind of looking into it, some of the new technologies are amazing. You know, they are using human cells, you know, like liver cells and things to test various products and stuff. I mean, 
we're not the same as these other animals. And that, you know, there's been so many examples where actually testing in a in a rat or something, poor little things, you know, it, it hasn't turned up various issues at all. So yeah, I think it's it's gonna be so much safer as well. But yeah, like you say, unfortunately it's not required. It's not actual set in stone. And so it still probably is gonna happen. But hopefully, it is again paving the way yeah. to ending it. Well, it's it, yeah, it's it's unlocking a door, isn't mm. it? Because you know we've still got to go through the door. But uh, and until this point, uh, earlier this year, it was mandatory. So you, you you kind of had to go through that animal testing route. Just a quick shout out to the Species Unite podcast, who I think it was November, it might be October twenty three, did a great episode on animal testing from somebody who's done a lot of research in into the area in terms of the the rules and things that that are allowed that are that are legal you know that, that in a sense can't be challenged really educated me on that one so do, do check that one out i think kate we should come to a, a verdict here i think we need to crown our first winner biggest impact news story of the year what are you going to go for right it's a real tough one because they're all brilliant but i think okay i'm just gonna applaud denmark i think at the minute because even though I, I i don't know are denmark doing it with plant-based treaty as well no i think they've i are think they? they've got their own their own whole big document that's written in danish it's like a big old big old manifesto that they've got all right well i'm still i'm gonna give plant-based treaty a side award for being fantastic <laughs> but i'm also going to i would i i denmark i think you know when other countries see what denmark are doing they're gonna think oh hang on a minute hang on a minute, they're really getting in, to, in on this. And maybe it's got the potential to give a few more countries, including our own, a kick up the backside to get on board mm. with this. So I don't know, just because it's a country and it's bigger, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to go for them. I, in my ignorance, I'm probably completely wrong. But there, that's that's my my thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go along with that. I mean, I've got a a slight soft spot for the for the protests at the Grand National yeah. Horse Race this year, particularly because I think the the plot that they had was kind of outed a couple of weeks before. I think there was Daily Mail reporters infiltrating Animal Rising and sort of found out these plans and and revealed them and. And I sort of thought, oh, well, that's it. It's not going to happen. But th they went ahead with it anyway, and it still made massive waves. So I've got a soft spot for that. But in terms of biggest impact, a whole country kind of saying, right, we need to we need to start heading towards plant-based eating across the board. That's that's difficult to beat, really, isn't it? So hopefully they follow through. And um, it's not too far from us in the UK. So like you say, perhaps politicians will uh, will follow suit but mm. perhaps we might need a change of government before that happens but anyway that's a, that's a whole other podcast the, the guardian politics podcast can tell you all about that i'm sure <laughs> okay our first winner yay let's move on to the next category then so this category is for the biggest win for the animals obviously everything that improves outcomes for animals is a win but what have been the news stories in 2023 that we feel constitutes the biggest victory for animals in the last 12 months? Well, we started the year with California's fur ban coming into effect. It had been rumbling on for a few years, I think first billed in about 2019. But on the 1st of January 2023, it came into effect, meaning that no new fur could be sold in the state. So obviously that has a big impact for animals. Also in the USA this year, we saw the USDA give the green light for cultivated meat. 
to be sold to US consumers, which again, it's a potential story that the animals sort of haven't been saved from that one yet, but it could potentially save millions or, or, or billions of animal lives or more. In other countries, we recently saw South Korea announce the banning of dog meat trade that will take place in 2027, as well as a huge bill being brought in Spain that banned the sale of pets, as well as a host of penalties for many acts of animal cruelty. Closer to home, for us broadcasting the show, while not a change in the law, we also saw meat consumption drop to the lowest levels since the 1970s. Anthony, which of these stories gets your vote for the biggest win for animals? Ooh, well, I mean, that last one you've read there, that's maybe it's just because it's, it's UK-centric, but the fact that it's hard numbers and it's, it's saying empirically we are consuming less meat than we have at any point in the last 50 years. That's that's huge. And I think we, we've touched on vegan bubbles earlier on in the show, but it's easy sometimes to persuade yourself that things are going better than they are. And sometimes that's a good thing because we just need a bit of hope. But I certainly don't want to be deluded. And I certainly don't want to be sharing things with my family, friends, co-workers that are actually a load of old rubbish, whereas this is a clear national statistics that have, that have come through showing that actually it's starting to have an effect. It's not just the vegan movement that's, that's resulted in people consuming less meat, but actually it's going to be part of it. Mm. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter <laughs> if, there's, yeah. if there's fewer animals being killed for food in this country, that is a massive win for animals. But like, like the other stories are, are massive too. There's, again, there's a lot of, lot of potential wins going on there too and I, I guess the, the the one about the the USDA giving the green light for cultivated meat to be sold to US consumers I mean if you imagine I don't know let's say 50% of animals who are currently slaughtered for for their meat not having that done because 50% of consumers have, have switched to cultivated meat that would be massive but I guess we don't really know if that's going to be the case I mean I don't know if you have any hunches on that Kate like do you do you feel like that will be a shift that that people move to? Or is it just a case of the door's been unlocked, but no one's particularly interested in going through the door of, of cultivated meat? Well, it's just not been available, has it? So the fact that it is now going to be available in the US, I think, is massive. The traditionally harvested meat people, in inverted commas, they've tried their best to make it sound all yucky. And who's going to want to eat that? But actual meat is far more yucky. So I think I think people will eat it, especially when it becomes the same price as traditionally harvested meat i i think potentially it's really massive and the uk the fact that people in the uk are eating less meat well i guess that's partly to do with the economic state of things right now because meat is expensive gosh it's terribly expensive isn't it so it should be yeah yeah oh shame um but i do worry that the slack is being taken up with possibly exports Mm -hmm. and possibly just to put a damper on things for you anthony i'm sorry no 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 we've got to be real we've got to be real And, and, (laughs) and i do worry also that the pet food industry is just so massive and this blooming horrible fad thing of feeding dogs in particular raw food raw meat 
raw meat diet is a it's so dangerous b it's just disgusting and mm. i don't know i i kind of worry you know when we had the pandemic and there was so there was so much stuff in the media about get yourself a pet get yourself a dog you know and there was a bit of me that was thinking, is this the meat industry trying to, trying to, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm so sceptical. And um, <laughs> I just, I've even heard of, I haven't met them, but I know someone who's heard that there are some vegan people feeding their dogs raw meat, you know, mm. and, and say, oh, well, it's regenerative. It's, you know, oh, it's been humanely looked after. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Some of us are we're a bit potty about our animals sometimes. We're just not thinking straight. I don't know. So I, I do worry. But then again, it is brilliant news. Of course it is. People are eating less meat. Hooray. <laughs> no, it is. But you're, but you're right that that's, it would be easy to look at a story saying, oh, we're eating less meat. Mm. Therefore, hooray hooray for animals like isn't this great news but like you say the you know unfortunately the uk meat and dairy industry is not going to give up that easily and they will just find i mean we've we've seen news that it uh, the cop 28 at the start of december like there's been the scottish meat industry like lobbying the middle east to say look we'll export our our lamb to you and things like that they're, they're not going to give up easily and no. it, it's not straightforward as saying oh this is a great victory to animals i mean in that sense stories like the the california fur ban mm. that's immediately saying no no more new fur sold in this state that's that's a more clear-cut thing isn't it that's saying this is just outlawed now. And of course, people could still do it on the black market and they could still do it illegally. But generally speaking, laws can have a big impact on our morality and and impact for for the outcomes of of people who live in those states or or countries or what have you, don't they? Absolutely. So yeah, I I can't think who are the people wearing fur? It's just so abhorrent Mm. to me. It's horrible. Mm. It's like that, I don't know, is it still a fashion where people had like a little blob of fur on the top of their hat? And I just think, Mm. what is that about? It's ghastly. Mm. So, um, And very often it can, I I think a lot of people don't realise that those linings or finishes on on a hat are are actually from previously living animals. People might just assume that it's synthetic, but very often it's not. No, it's it's horrible. I'm afraid I've 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 told people, I've said, oh, that might be cat, that might be dog, because unfortunately people, they they care about those creatures. I just think, oh dear, why, why, why? So yeah, potentially I think that's, I think that's a brilliant, brilliant thing. But what would be so great too, if we can win the fur battle, perhaps we'll be making uh, cultivated fur. Who knows? I won't be wearing it, but there we are. But just then, then it's the leather thing, isn't it? Leather. There are a few people joining the dots and saying, well, if fur's... If fur is grotesque, then so is leather. But yeah, it's 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 like all of this, isn't it? Like change is slow. I guess that's why it's difficult to to sort of say, well, this story has more impact than this, or this change has more impact than this, because in a sense, the bigger changes are even slower to happen, aren't they? Yeah. You know, there are there are a bit of legislation coming in or a slight shift in attitudes that can over time lead to to massive change. Or we can focus in on the minutiae and say, well, this year, South Korea said the dog meat industry has got four four years notice. So that's not affecting. I mean, that's obviously affecting every single dog in the South Korean dog meat industry, which is fantastic news. But in, in terms of a proportion of the animals in the world, it's not very much, but it's a... It's a lot easier to kind of get your head around, I suppose, isn't it? It's a bit more tangible. Yeah, okay. So 
wonderful news for the dogs in South Korea. But what will people be eating instead? Are yeah, people yeah, going to they're not eat... moving on to tofu. No, <laughs> no. So, so a win for dogs, but it, I couldn't say it's a win for animals, unfortunately. No, and I think I mean we've said this several times on the show when talking about changes to legislation in other countries. In a sense. it's a bit of a dangerous one because we could say, oh, well, thank goodness that they've stopped that barbaric practice of of killing dogs. Right, now back to my uh, pork ribs or whatever I'm having for dinner. Like... It's it's so easy to be a bit xenophobic, really. Shall we home in on a winner, Kate? Okay. Do we have the same winner, I wonder, or not? Okay, well, I'm inclined. We've not actually discussed this one, but I'm almost, almost inclined to go for the Spanish animal rights bill that was brought in a couple of months ago. Mm. Because, again, I think it's my personal bias for, for a country that's quite nearby but making quite big changes. But I just feel like things like that have the ability to, to change the perspective of, of quite a lot of people because it, I mean, that bit of legislation affects anyone taking their dog for a walk. You know, it's it's a tiny little thing, but they can't now just tie them up on a lamppost while they go into a shop for for fifteen minutes, and it it, it just starts to get people thinking. But maybe that's maybe that's a, a story that's got potential to change outcomes, but not not really change them. It, although they, as part of the bill, the sale of pets in pet shops became banned but you you could still buy animals through breeders so again it's not uh, it's not massively changing things i'm i'm going to say although it was the 1st of january 2023 i'm going to say my vote goes for the the fur ban in california yes it's just a state it's not a whole country but just outlawing something i think that you know that clearly has a tangible impact on animals so that's going to get my vote what what do you reckon well i have to say i'm going against you because i think the cultivated meat has um, mm. more potential to save more animals and also for the pet food industry as well so yes. that's much as I think they're all fantastic, apart from the South mm. Korea one, which is got is mm. I'm lukewarm on. Great for dogs, yeah, yeah. but you know, not for any other animals really. Um, that's that's got my vote. Okay, I'm gonna side with you there Ooh. because thinking about it, American culture does influence a lot of the so-called Western world. So I think if the if the doors open for that one there, that could open a lot more doors moving down. So yeah, I'm happy to to crown that story the the biggest win for animals. Hey. Let's 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 move on. Let's look at some vegan creations now. So whenever a new film is created and released, there's huge potential for attention to be drawn to the subject matter. So every vegan film release therefore is a potential cause for celebration. But the question is, which vegan film do we think is the best one to be released this year? Now, it's important to note, we can't review or compare every single film that's been created this year. So we've narrowed it down to three contenders. The Smell of Money, Punk Rock Vegan Movie, and Nowhere to Run. Kate, what did you think of these? Have have you got any standout contenders? Well, I have to admit here and now I haven't watched The Smell of Money I have watched the trailer I'm not sure where you can watch The Smell of Money now I think it's I think it's been released quite 
recently yeah. but in in theaters right. only so i think hopefully next year mm. it might be more widely available to view so yeah yeah like, like yourself i've i've only seen the trailer mm. but it, it looked good it did look it? good and oh my word what a horrendous existence those poor people living near the pig farms have they're in the terrifying grip uh, and destructiveness of the meat industry you know it's destroying their lives it's destroying their local environment they're literally being sprayed by you know um it's Mm. just appalling you know they the the meat industry has no care whatsoever for the people let alone the animals, you know, hopefully that's going to wake people up a bit. Yeah, and a lot of people, unfortunately, are not tuned in to animal suffering, but they can still empathise with human suffering. And I think that the benefit of of that film is that it takes very human stories and puts Mm. them front and centre. But the animal rights message does does seem to be in there too so it's maybe a bridge across to that kind of similar actually to the nowhere to run film that the earthling ed and, and and surge put together that starts with a human story too well it it, it features three human stories throughout it mm. doesn't it and in fact we we reviewed it on the podcast i want to say episode 10 episode 11 mm. and that that was a great one um it's only 20 minutes long that one but really really powerful stuff maybe that's the Maybe that's the way that we need to be going with certain certain outlets of the vegan movement is is trying to get people on a human level first because if we're if we're at the stage where people who are people who are influenced by animal suffering are already coming over to the vegan side, well, we need to try different strategies, and that, I mean, these two films would suggest that, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So, oh gosh, I cried watching this mm. film, and I had been putting up putting off watching it really uh, because I thought it's gonna be tough and it was tough see I didn't think it would be it completely floored me like you I had a really strong emotional reaction Mm. to it but I I just watched it quite late at night I was like oh 20 minutes I'll watch that now just you know sneak it in and my goodness it's powerful yeah I watched it quite late at night as well it was quite hard to get to sleep afterwards (laughs) I have to say um (laughs) But my goodness, and and the fact that it's been made by Earthling Ed, I mean, who is himself the most amazing speaker, he's just mm. stepped aside and let these people tell their stories and their truth. Can I just can I just come in there because yeah. I think that's such a good point. I'm so glad you've said that, Kate, because it's so tempting. The more well versed we become at speaking about animal rights and advocating for for animals, it can be so tempting to just say, right, I'm going to talk all the time now. And ironically, I've just interrupted you to say this. But like, it's so important to know when to shut up because actually there's someone right next to you or behind you or lurking behind the scenes that actually, lurking's a really silly word to use there, but like who has got a story to tell and we can learn from it and we can all educate ourselves and raise our awareness if we just shut up, if we just give someone else the opportunity to speak. And you're you're right, like it's Earthling Ed does a lot of fantastic speaking, but no one human being can carry this movement by themselves, nor should they. And and hopefully none of us want to. Like that's not the point, is it? Mm. It's it's about equality and and autonomy and freedom for everybody. So we should be shutting up and we should be hearing from lots of voices and and thank goodness we got to hear from these three ex-slaughterhouse mm. workers and, and their testimony because it was so mm. powerful. 
yeah it really was and thank you i need to shut up as well a lot <laughs> and, we all and, do. <laughs> and listen more listen more with compassion and you know it's so easy to hate on people that work in this hideous industry but hearing their stories it's just heartbreaking that guy who you know he wants from school he wanted to work with animals and he found himself in the slaughter industry age 17 and having to be big and pretend that it wasn't affecting him and because he needed the job he needed the money all these people they have they they've all become vegan and they're so brave speaking out in the way they do it's very atmospheric as well isn't it because they're sitting in a dark place but just kind of soft lit and it's just them talking. And then, of course, little bits of film footage and little still photographs and things as well. I just thought it was very powerful. And vegans get accused, don't we, of only caring about the animals. But, you know, no, it's not true. We care about people too, don't we? So we're we're all animals. We're all fallible. We all have our own delicate little bodies on this earth for I just yeah very powerful film yeah absolutely we we have covered it on on our review episode that, that there was a couple of nitpicks I I had with the film and they're really tiny ones but mm. one is to, to your point of you know we're all animals and and we vegans have compassion for all humans I just think if they could have got testimony from one person who works in a slaughterhouse who's not yet vegan mm. that could almost answer that criticism of well, vegans only care about animals and other vegans because I just felt there was a slight potential risk that somebody watching it could go, yeah, but you still hate all the people who, or or, or, or vegans watching it could go, well, these three are all right because they've gone vegan, but I still hate all the other people who still work in that industry. But that's a hypothetical nit to pick. And I think, I think it was a really strong film. So I'm, yeah. I'm just being a, being a bit of a dick there, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I can see that when you've, you know, added something to it, maybe, depending on who they spoke to, I guess. But yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard to do, though, isn't it? Like, I, mm. I can't see many people volunteering. I mean, something we could say about the two films that we've discussed so far, The Smell of Money and Nowhere to Run, is that right from the trailer or any kind of description of it, it's cle- they're clearly serious movies. Mm. Whereas in a sense, the punk rock vegan movie or other contender produced by Moby earlier this year, a lot more light-hearted. I wonder whether that one is more likely to have a wider audience and potentially a mm. non-vegan audience mm. opting to look at it. I yeah. mean, I'm not into punk rock, but I chose to watch it. And so I imagine there's going to be people who are into punk rock but not vegan who watch it and I I really tried to listen to some punk rock afterwards I really tried it's just not for me I'm so sorry for all of you who like punk (sighs) rock but it did make me try and so I'm kind of hopeful that it's it's a decent movie it's it's not going to be my winner for the year just spoiler alert because there were several bits of it that irritated me but it's it's a good movie it's a good hour and a half or so you know it, it potentially gets that that wider audience in what what did you think of it Kate well speaking as an ex as an ex ex I was gonna say ex vegan oh my god Uh, (laughs) (laughs) ex punk rocker (laughs) oh wow goodness talk about learning when to shut up I should have let you introduce this (laughs) no no kind of I was like I was young I was like more on the edges I had no idea about the straight edge stuff at all but I loved punk rock and the energy and just just the 
can do the the kind of kind of the anti-establishment the anti-status quo thing the the questioning everything everything's up for grabs and and that of course one of the most fundamental things about us being a human is what you put in your body so uh the drugs the the alcohol but also the meat um meaty diet so i loved the way all that was questioned and and also how how they also they stand up for all these other ethical arguments and marginalized groups and you know i just loved all of that i learned a lot i mean i loved all that music yeah and i and i, I agree with you i think definitely people who are interested in music and actually ex whether they're ex punk rockers or not i mean the the straight edge stuff passed me by i never i think i was just a little bit too young maybe for that bit I don't know but it was I think it was quite strong in America that so but I I can yeah definitely see people watching because of the music but and then hopefully getting the vegan message well, um, something that's come across to me in in the interviews we've been doing for the the going vegan series that by the time you're listening to this show it will be it will be released as well is that the tiniest little things can make people go vegan or or try it out you know people mm-hmm. are saying things like oh i saw this leaflet oh i watched this little incidental film that wasn't about veganism but it mentioned it or my next door neighbor was vegan like anything can can unlock that door i'm seem to be using that analogy a lot today but like it could be this it could be this film for some people it definitely won't be for everyone potentially if you have a sense of humor too because i don't know about you kate but like i love the film but my god the bit when the bits when moby tried to be funny like, oh, if you made me watch it again, I I would be fast forwarding through that bit because I love his music. I love his uh, his dedication to animal rights and I love so much about him. But my goodness, his sense of humour is not the same as mine. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, I, th- I, f- I, I think it's kind of on the punk ethicy slam it all together thing you know okay. um you know the rip it up and stick it back on sort of thing and um was that a punk sense of humor is that what you're saying i'm i'm just not educated enough to understand this mm, no i wouldn't say it's a punk sense of humor. <laughs> i don't know is there a punk sense of humor i don't know well, i don't know i don't know I, I just didn't find him very funny but that's that's fine do you know what no. if you put your money into a film then put little clips of you trying to be funny in there that's that's your prerogative <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not going to stop anyone doing that but no, no you know again it had like clips of hideous animal agriculture and i recognize one or two of the photos <clears throat> lisa's joanne mccarthy photos possibly and they're tough and it needed all of that in there I think it needed all of that in there, but just to learn about the movement, I, I thought was was brilliant. So, and I forgive it. I forgive his sense of humour. <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely. Well, no, no one has the same sense of humour as everyone, yeah. so that's just as well. But um, let's let's reach a consensus then. I'm, I just want go on, to say, go on. Sorry, Kate. Um, so I liked the fact that it wasn't a super polished, clipped and edited absolutely beautifully it was kind of slightly slung together if you know what I mean not exactly but it was refreshing in that way in the in the way it was presented as well I thought yes but it it didn't detract from the quality of watching it did it you know it wasn't wasn't so sketchy that you were like oh bloody hell I don't know if I'm put up with this but no it had a nice edge to it didn't it is that going to be your your vote, or are you you going for a different one for your favourite oh, film? Oh, that's so hard. I I I don't know. Is I don't know if I can 
make a decision. Go on, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, having not seen the full movie of The Smell of Money, it's difficult to to, to vote for that. But I think it's got potential to, to make a few waves. In fact, I think it's already won some awards at film festivals, such as the nature of film festivals. They tend to give the awards out before the film's even released. But I'll be interested to watch that one. But I, I think that the Nowhere to Run one of everything I've seen this year t- ticked pretty much all the boxes. It's it's short, it's impactful. Mm. And it, like we've been saying, it gets people on a human level, which I, I think we're going to have to increasingly do as vegans. I think there's a, a lot of people who went vegan in the 1980s when it was really difficult to do so and they were really dedicated people. But I think it's going to sound very judgmental of me, but perhaps a lot of the people that we need to reach now perhaps are wanting to put themselves first. And if we can find a way that they can put animals second but not be oppressed yeah. Yeah. then then that's maybe that might be how we we have to go with some people or, or how we start the ball mm-hmm. rolling and i think this film gets the ball rolling in terms of saying look at the human mm-hmm. suffering that is caused from people eating meat and i think that's a, a really fantastic message and it's it was well produced so that'd be yeah okay so okay i shall back you up on that because if people you know they they can't well it's my choice to eat meat if they can't if they can't empathize with the animals to begin with then perhaps they can empathize with the people that are having to kill their their meat for them so they can eat it and see the suffering there and hear their stories because unfortunately we a lot of us we're all we're all selfish and like you say there are different ways into people who knows what's going to switch somebody but yeah that has the potential to turn a lot of people hopefully right uh another visual media based category now this time for the best ad We've had plenty of contenders here. For video-based ads, there has been several from Peter, including the Sesame Street-style Red River Farm and, of course, their latest Christmas video featuring Tessa the Turkey. Fellow campaigning organisation Viva have also released video ads, including their Killer Yogurts campaign. Yes, Oatly also released a billboard offering to pay for the dairy industry's ad space in Times Square and other prominent marketing locations if it revealed its environmental footprint data. Very edgy stuff. And finally, even Burger King got in on the act with its Confusing Times ad advertising its plant-based chicken nuggets. Right, Kate, get the ball rolling. Which has been your favourite? What what stands out for you there? Okay. I have to say I loved the Killer Yogurts Viva ad. Mm. Well, it got banned and that's also, that's always a good sign, isn't it? If an advert gets banned, it's probably yeah. good. It's just, it's a shame it got banned probably before the majority of people got to see it. That's that's the sad thing. But I, I, I don't know if that's oh, true yeah. because I think it got banned from being shown in the locations it was is going to be shown i feel like it was appearing on like mobile apps and things like that but mm-hmm. i think they also had it up on youtube where it didn't get taken down and i think there was such a big press coverage of the fact that it was being banned that way more people then viewed it on youtube and it was covered on like gb news and you know right wing news organizations like that as a controversial story which meant that the the video got seen by like millions of people so i think in a 
as is often the case in history, when things get banned, it does the complete opposite effect. Hooray! So I was going to say, that's a, that's another measuring device. Does yes. it get onto GB <laughs> News? Yay, it yes. does. Hooray, big tick. <laughs> Quite ironic that our metrics for judging the success of the <laughs> vegan movement include GB News and Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, but hey, they're talking about veganism. Hooray, that's a massive yeah. win. That Just that, isn't it? So yeah, I, I, I really liked that one because um, it, it's kind of humour and disgust and facts as well, all at the same. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I really liked it. What did you think of the, the Oatly one with the billboard? Because for me, that was the the most edgy one where they're they're paying for they paid for two billboards in like massive massive locations like Times Square was probably the most prominent one but there are others and they sort of advertise Oatly on one side and then they said this other billboard is is free for the dairy industry if if you want it we've paid for it but the one condition is that you've got to say what your environmental footprint is. I thought that that's the most ingenious bit of marketing I've seen for a very long time. They're very smart, aren't they? They're very smart. I always leap up and down with glee when I see Oatly ads, I have to say. Um, you know, <laughs> gosh, because they were, sorry, slight, slight sidetrack here, but I just remember when they were in, was it King's Cross Station the first time? And all down all down the, the, the kind of underground path somewhere, Oatly ads all the way down. I was like, oh my God, amazing. So, um, you know, so yeah, I think they're very clever. Um, it must have got a lot of people thinking and, and I'm guessing that the milk marketing board or whatever haven't taken it up. You know, free advertising space, yeah. Yeah, that there was something that happened as a, a follow-up a few months ago where a, a tiny little Scottish dairy farmer did something that took... I, th- I think there was... Um, they hosted like a live web chat or something or a video conference and they said, we're, we're inviting all the big dairy industry executives to come along and, and you know, we'll discuss t- climate change together. And they sort of did this mock-up of a, a studio with an empty chair and they said oh the the, the dairy industry is not here yet but this tiny little Scottish dairy farmer did go on to this this video conference and did have a conversation with them which I thought good good for him for, for doing it and ob- obviously he you know he wouldn't have been able to say the dairy industry's got fantastic environmental footprint but at least he started having a conversation with them but they've they've done a few things along these lines this year that have made a few waves haven't they yeah i like yeah i like the sound of that and and kudos to that guy like you're saying what what do you think of these these ads from from organizations like peter or, or viva that are you know quite quite close to the bone and and um often quite sarcastic but they're they're really they don't mince their words do they like they're they're putting it out there what's what's happening i mean we've mentioned the killer yogurts one but they're I really enjoyed the Red River Farm one that they did with them. I forget the name of the actor, but she plays Lavender Brown in, in Harry Potter. And it's it's great. It looks like a Sesame Street style. Oh, we're off at the farm. Isn't, isn't it lovely? And then all the animals just basically end up being uh, skinned for their fur and, and, and there's a snake that gets skinned alive and things like that i'm i'm obviously making jest of it it's obviously horrific in in real life but the the way they do it is um it doesn't pull any punches like this is that your your style of style of humor do you, do you um, go with that yeah i kind of enjoyed it 
if you can if enjoy is the right word which is not really is it but you know <laughs> um but I don't know I'm I'm just not I don't know I don't know what it is about cartoon ads I just don't like them as much somehow I love cartoons don't get me wrong I'm the biggest cartoon yeah. fan ever but somehow I don't know they they kind of I don't know I I don't know, anthropomorphizing, I can't even get the word right, anthropomorphizing the animals, yeah. the turkey, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, do people relate to that, to their turkey? I don't know. But I think in a sense, if you're a, an organisation advocating on behalf of animals, mm. your choices are verbally describe what happens to animals, yeah. which isn't particularly relatable. No. Show actual footage, mm. which for some people can be too much. Yeah. I mean, we can we can debate as to whether you should do it or not, but I can see an argument where you wouldn't. And the other alternative is, yeah, anthropomorphize, which again, it's not perfect, so it's mm. it's difficult, isn't it? There's not, I don't think there's a perfect way to to do it, no. really. Yeah, I don't know. Where were the the uh, Peter ads shown? Were they on our TV? I, I didn't I didn't see them. It varies. So their Tessa the Turkey one mm. is going out in cinemas in December. At the but whereas some of them, like I think the Red River Farm one, I think they've just produced a film and it, it's just going up on YouTube and they're they're hoping that people will will come across it or they use certain hashtags or mm. or, or, or things like that. So. It varies, mm. is is the answer from my experience anyway. Well, like you've said before, who knows what switches people's brains? And, mm. um, you know, people have been have changed because of Babe or Charlotte's mm. Web or, you know, some of these other sort of things aimed at kids even. So perhaps they will, perhaps they're powerful. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm not such a good judge because I'm already vegan and have been for some time. Do you yes. know what I mean? So maybe we need yeah. to be asking non-vegans, Yeah. you know, what do you well, think of these? Well, I think to, to partly answer that, actually the, the brand Burger King, like in a capitalist society, brands are massive. Yeah. And yes, Oatly is a brand and a lot of people have got a, awareness of them, but Burger King is so much bigger and so th them doing an advert that's that's not actually saying anything negative about veganism at all like they're saying oh it's confusing isn't it confusing like we've got something that's called chicken but it's not made of chicken but it tastes of chicken that's not really a dig at veganism at all is it it's kind of no. saying huh that's that's a bit different, isn't it? They're advertising it. In a sense, we could argue that that's going to have the the biggest impact. Probably unlikely to make somebody go vegan, but like that that doesn't matter. That if it's getting people to be aware of it, it's I think as well. It it shows that it shows a massive, clearly capitalist, money grabbing corporation is willing to spend a lot of money. Mm. To just tell people that it's doing plant-based stuff like that speaks volumes in itself, doesn't it? So in in a sense, like though though we can despise the fact that that Burger King exploits animals for profit mm. in terms of having a big impact and in terms of the message it's putting out. I don't know that like that's it's got to be a strong contender. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I get what you're saying. It could have ended on a more positive note, like this isn't confusing at all. Just make the switch. Yeah, it's amazing that, like you say, such a big brand is advertising their vegan stuff. So, yeah, hooray, great. Yeah, I don't know. Best ad, what do you think? Um, oh, it's difficult. So 
you were saying about like in a sense as vegans we're not the best people to judge but i think there is a there's a small something to be said for a really sarcastic peter ad that makes you laugh as a vegan because you're like yeah sock it to them you know they're, they're not pulling any punches but in a sense that's a bit gratuitous but in in that category i really like the red river farm one because i just found it really funny and it's got an actor from harry potter and i'm a massive harry potter nerd so i liked it from that respect but in terms of like the biggest impact i really really admired what oatly did and the money that they've put behind getting big ads in big places and taking the dairy industry on and saying come on show us your environmental footprint obviously it's not a an animal rights message and i don't think i don't think oatly are really advocating for animals in that way anymore they're taking more of a an environmental stance which is fine it kind of makes makes the same difference really for for, for them doesn't it but i think probably if i had to say that the standout ad that impacts animals and impacts the vegan movement the most in 2023 i'd, I'd go for the for the oatly one what what do you think hmm. i'd love to know who the geniuses are behind their advertising campaign they're very smart yeah. aren't they they're very clever and they're they're you know they they get a bad press sometimes because they're they're not a perfect company there's no such thing as a perfect yeah. company but i think i think nonetheless it's is fair enough for us to just pick elements of what they do and and analyze it which is what we're doing here so yeah. yeah so it depends what our criteria is for the best ad as well you know is it like the biggest yeah. impact it's going to have on people or is it the one we enjoyed most or you know the one we sat there going non-vegans <laughs> just look at that you know okay. have some truth choose, there you know choose one for each then choose the most the most cathartic vegan watch and then the one with the biggest impact well, the most cathartic one for me was the killer yogurts one. I just, yeah. I think that was clever as well. Mm. You know, Muller, Muller slash killer. Mm. You know, um, so yes, I sat there and rubbed my hands in glee at that one, thinking, "Sock that one to you," you know, and yeah, you know. So I really liked that one. I think probably, which I thought was very smart as well. Um, Oatly, mm. I thought, yeah, very smart. They've, they're kind of so confident as well. They're confident mm. and smart and people are going, yeah, right, that's interesting. Yeah, I like the Red River one in that, yeah, I love to see well-known actors and actresses on the vegan side. Mm. You know, I think that makes a massive impression on people and turning turning like the Peppa Pig syndrome on its head. What we teach, what we all grow up believing and then, hey, this is the actual reality, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I have no I couldn't I couldn't give an over you you give an overall winner, Anthony. I, you you have the honour. Okay. Well I think we need to just have subcategories. So I think we go for killer yogurts as the most cathartic vegan watch ad uh, of the year, which also got lots of non vegans watching it too. Right. Thanks, G B News. Um but Oatly for the one that that, that has the, the biggest impact and the biggest reach. I would say let's move on from ads. I think that was a good that was a good chat, but we'll we'll get scientific now with our next category. What what's our next one going to be, Kate? The most impactful study to be released in the last 12 months. An awful lot of contenders here and there's no way we can mention them all. 
In the last few months, we've seen a big review of 37 meta-analyses showing that plant-based diets had a 25% improvement on cardiovascular health and a 21% improvement on all-cause mortality. Yeah, and we also saw a study conducted with the aid of biological twins a month or two ago, also illustrating how quickly a positive change can take place with heart health if a plant-based diet is adopted. It wasn't just human health that was under the microscope, however. As we reported in episode one of Vegan Week, data came to light that illustrated that not only could cats survive on a plant-based diet, but they seemed to be healthier, with fewer trips to the vets and fewer underlying health conditions. Uh, So, previous research that might have fed vegan sceptics was also refuted this year in a study carried out by Amsterdam University, where it was shown that vegan mothers' breast milk contains sufficient levels of all essential nutrients, contradicting previous research that suggested it may have been deficient. How did we survive before? I wonder. (laughs) And in another study carried out by universities across the USA, contrary to common perceptions that vegan food isn't preferable for most, a study found that when vegan food was made the default option at canteens, 81% of diners chose it. So plenty to choose from there and many more, like you say, Kate, that we've not mentioned as well. Out out of all of these, Kate, like I don't know about you, but when when these studies get released, I'll have like a big like adrenaline reaction to like, way, fantastic, great news. I don't know if there's one or more of these that kind of has really made you have that reaction when when it's been released this year well there is um but first of all i just want to say <clears throat> when something comes out you're just waiting for the for the next news item that butter you'll live to 397 if you eat it you know yeah. it's great for your heart you know backlash and they're all brilliant and in a sense you know how can we choose but the one that is really stands out for me is the cats on a vegan diet yeah, I'd um, agree. I'd agree. Yeah, I think that's possibly got the biggest impact. I mean, I have actually got a vegan cat. Mm. So, and he loves kale as well. <laughs> <laughs> kale, yeah. And the fact that they don't just survive, but they thrive, you know, mm. that is massive because cats are carnivorous. But as Andrew Knight says, it's not the ingredients, it's the nutrients. And so long as they're getting all the correct nutrients, and I know the f- that I've I mean I've heard I'm lucky enough to have actually heard him speak, and he a he says well you don't get many cats swimming out to the middle of the ocean kind of wrestling a tuna fish and dragging it in to shore and then eating it you know what's natural about that and uh, I just I just think that perhaps you know we've got these mad people on carnivore diets yes natural eating meat yeah and 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 if we can because we've got these pointy teeth at the front and so we're carnivores if if we can show that even cats are better off on a plant-based diet and they're healthier and they get less health issues then perhaps some of them might see sense i'm not sure about that but it's it it's it was a massive story wasn't it and i think i don't know about you kate but like a lot of the other studies that we've seen this year and i mean there are countless studies showing the benefits of a plant-based diet that have been released just this year as well as all the other years but like a lot of them are saying similar things which is great it's good to be good to have these things backed up 
But in 13 years being vegan, I, I can't remember a study coming out saying something about cats in this way and getting such coverage as well. Like, I, I don't know whether that might influence our decision as to kind of saying that it's, it's the best, is the best study or the one with the most impact this year. But it, it really it surprised me, to be honest, because yeah. I, I like I've I've never lived with a cat. And I think, if I'm being completely honest, it would have put me off have, adopting a cat as a companion animal because even though I've been vegan for, for over 10 years, my belief was, well, you can do it if you're really, really dedicated, but you've got you've to test their wee every day. And, you know, I'd heard all sorts of things, whereas this seemed to be just saying, no, just there's vegan cat foods out there and, and it's good for them and they're, they're just mm. as well off, if not better. Like massive, massive culture shift for those of us who are, are really interested in these things. Obviously, it's going to take longer to trickle down to the majority of society, but like a massive potentially turning point, isn't it? I, I would say. Mm, yeah, completely. Um, I think there are less vegan cat foods out there than the dog foods yeah. um, from what I've noticed, but hopefully there will become more vegan cat foods. Mm. And also, you know, that again, this trend of feeding dogs raw meat diet because they're carnivores. I'm like, no, they're omnivores. Yeah. Just stop it now. And yeah. um oh dear, hopefully that might make people think, although people are so blinkered and the the industry behind it all is so massive shout out to all the vegan vets out there who are up against Mm. it you know they are so brave standing up and standing andrew knight you've got and dr arielle griffiths i don't know if you've come across her she's just started a new dog food brand as well uh just be kind give a dog a bean don't you just love that? And she is the loveliest person ever. They need they need us to support them. Yeah. They do. So hopefully that is going this study is going to have a big impact. Yeah. And and so. and nice actually to see a, a health study being focused on animals, whereas ninety nine percent of 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 health studies that we see are, are focused on human animals, which is understandable. They're the ones who've paid for the study, I suppose. But um, <laughs> I mean, one, one that really stood out for me in terms of not human health, but human behavior was this one that was carried out at a few US universities where they they made plant-based options the default. And you, I think you kind of had to ask if you wanted a non-vegan meal. You had to request it or it was sort of, you could see it, but it you had to sort of go out of your way to get it sort of thing. And, and four-fifths of people just just had the plant-based food they were fine with it similarly it's not necessarily a study but feedback in the new york hospital scheme that's been uh, put forward the last year or so from uh, the mayor eric adams there who's predominantly plant-based uh, himself again there you have to specifically request to have non-vegan food and i think in their sort of exit surveys 90 <laughs> percent of people said they, they really like the food so i think that's really powerful. I wouldn't say it's the most impactful study of the year, but in terms of raising our awareness and showing what's possible, actually it does contradict some of those stereotypes of, well, well, non-vegan people won't like vegan food. You know, vegan food's just for vegan people. Everyone else would only have it if it was the last option left on earth. No, these studies and these reports and this data is showing us that actually if it's nice and it's just made the default option, People don't care, but like it's it's fine. It's just nice food, and it's you know it's it's good for you. So I thought that was a really really impactful one. Yeah, agreed. 
And and I think uh, the, from what I understand, the US hospitals, I think also what they do is they offer the vegan option. Oh, you don't like that one. And then they offer another vegan option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not so sure. And then it's like the last one on the list is like the, the meaty dairy yeah, one. Yeah. So, they, so people like to be given options, but if they only give like vegan options. Yeah, yeah. That one or that one? Which one would you put? Oh, I'll have that one, please. Yeah, yeah. You know, people like to... Very clever psychology, I think. I want to take that a step further. So I, I want to say to people, now you can have this vegan lasagna if you want, or we've got some tofu. Because then if someone's saying, well, I don't want the vegan option, they'll go for the second one because it's not got the word vegan in it. I mean, maybe, maybe tofu is not the best. Uh, I think people will probably see through that. But uh, Would you like this vegan option or would you like this plant-based option yeah. or, or this or this oh i don't know what else could you call it this other option yeah, yeah. it's also vegan but hey that, i mean that's that's an interesting discussion in terms of like to to what extent yeah. do, does the end justify the means because like we're verging into coercion there but actually we can see that it's for everyone's benefit but like totally yeah. right totally. well we'll put that in there but you know I'm, i was gonna say aren't we all coerced into eating meat and dairy uh, well from an early age uh, you know, yeah, t- you two know. wrongs don't make a right, though. I want to have a discussion on that, though, late, later. Well, it later. does when it's, when it's vegan. <laughs> well, this is it, right? We'll get it in the diary, Kate. You and I will we'll, we'll have this debate later. I was going to say the 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 other one that you were talking about um, in universities offering the vegan options. I mean, it just goes to show, doesn't it? I, I guess people are with their friends. People do not like just saying, "Oh, excuse me," they don't like. Mm. looking different so if it's just the you know if they have to stand out in order to ask for the meaty option Mm. less people are going to want to do that Mm. and if they're with their peers people kind of like so i think that's quite a clever way of doing things as Mm. well you know you could say that's coercive as well but for goodness sake you know we have a climate emergency amongst everything else you know we have to do these things we've got to we've got to good for them i think yeah Absolutely. Have we got any other contenders, or should we should we move for a move for a vote? Just mention the others that fantastic. That's the gene. That's the gene argument. Well, it's my genes. Well, not necessarily. Yes, we do. We are predisposed to things. I mean, I personally predis- I know what I'm predisposed to, but you know the fact that they've taken people who are genetically the same and and changed their diet and 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 the people who are on the plant-based diet are doing significantly better than their than their sibling i mean that's massive within days um, as well it was really quick yeah. wasn't it what what would it be like if it the whole if the whole thing went on for a year or mm. longer? Mm. And and the other study as well the other studies that's the meta analyses, isn't it? I mean, yeah. absolutely brilliant. You know, right end of the argument right there. Mm. So, yeah. but of course the meat and dairy industry will be coming back at us, won't they? So, but it's good it's good to know that we're doing we're doing the right thing for our own health as well. So, you know, and we can feel confident in that. And just it well, as soon as we get the get any argument back, we've we can just feel confident in the way we answer people. Yeah. In a very kind way. But yeah. you know, um And and at all stages of life too. I mean, in episode thirteen yeah. we talked about veganism and pregnancy, but this this piece of research carried out this year showing that at Amsterdam University showing that vegan mothers breast milk 
had oh, all yes. had sufficient levels of all essential nu- nutrients. I thought that was really interesting because it's it shows the importance of continuing to do this research because there had been studies before then that seemed to be showing the opposite, but actually obviously studies can be conducted in all sorts of ways and you can almost manipulate a study to show whatever you want so so yeah. actually showing that no 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 we've we've done it again and and it's mm. it's showing this is important and it's it shows the importance of us continuing to put these studies out there doesn't it and campaign and and not give up when a, a dairy funded study says oh look butter's really good for you or, or whatever it is you know yeah agreed and it will give people confidence again that they're doing the right thing they're nourishing their baby mm. in the best way and as well as nourishing themselves and they're not hurting the animals and damaging the planet at the same time so yeah it's got to be good hasn't it i've seen so many bouncy healthy vegan babies so they, the press will always bring out some poor person who for whatever reason has been feeding their <clears throat> baby like I don't know mashed banana in water or something and that's it but actually you could do exactly the same for people who are meat eaters you know who are feeding their baby something terrible it's just to have these studies out here is on the breastfeeding is just great I think so also so all it all adds to the melting pot of great studies so indeed so are we are we agreed then that the most impactful one is going to be andrew knight's cats cat nutrition study yes because i think not only cats but dogs and people too you know we're not carnivores either so i mean cats are carnivores but hey look they can they can be not only exist they can be healthy yeah. on a plant-based diet so super yeah. evolved cats yes That's the way. Right, another category winner. Let's take a quick break to stretch our legs. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. This show is kindly sponsored by our friends at Fire & Flow Coffee Roasters. And they're such great people. They're offering all enough of the Falafel listeners a cheeky 10% off orders on their online store when using the code FALAFEL10. That's FALAFEL, the number 10, Fire and Flow, a specialty coffee roastery based in the Cotswold with a fully vegan coffee shop on site. Yeah, they're a vegan founded company too. They're run by three friends, Shah, Callum and Phil, and they specialise in roasting and supplying wholesale coffee beans to coffee shops, restaurants, hotels and offices. For the wholesale part of their operations, they work with other businesses to help them get the most out of their coffee offering, with free barista training and full technical support included. The products themselves are the result of their passion for working with skilled and ethical-minded farmers who produce the highest quality beans. Fire and Flow then roast them to perfection in small batches at their roastery in Sirencester, which you can visit at any time book onto one of their barista courses or roastery tours via their website fireandflowcoffee.co.uk While you're there you can check out the beautiful fully vegan coffee shop on site. I've been there myself it's absolutely brilliant and it's open seven days a week from nine till three. The last time I went it was a Sunday afternoon. It's glorious it's just a fab place to hang out and feel good about life Give them a follow on Instagram to get the latest at fireandflowcoffee And for those online orders, remember the code exclusively for our brilliant Enough of the Falafel community. That is Falafel10. 10 10 is 1 and 0. So Falafel10. 
Welcome back, everyone. Before the break, we were looking at the most impactful study of 2023 with regards to the vegan movement. Let's stay with science and tech now for our next category, which is most unlikely plant-based tech development. Sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but here's the context. Now, we, we often end each news section in Vegan Week with a look at the latest new innovations in the plant-based sector. Now, obviously, things like cultivated meat, precision fermentation, they're big news in this area. They're going to make a massive difference. But we instead want to crown the tech development in the plant-based sector that comes from the most unlikely source. Kate, do you want to give us some of the contenders to give a bit more bit more context to this? Mm, yeah. So, I mean, our, our list could go on forever here. There are so many. So we've had to trim it down. Tomato leather has been mentioned on the show several times, not to mention grape leather, apple leather, and of course, cabbage leather. Corn leather has also caught the news this year as it received backing and investment from Leonardo DiCaprio. It's not just leather alternatives that have caught our eye, though. Back in November, we heard about Wasment, a cement alternative made with tea leaves waste that can be turned into an eco-friendly building material. Do you have a favourite out of these, Kate? Do, do any of them turn your turn your eye? Well, um, I've had a quick look at them all. I have to say I like the look of the cabbage, the cabbage yeah, leaf leather. It does still look like a cabbage, doesn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> I quite like that. I would wear that. I would wear cabbage, you know, although it doesn't look like they've made it in anything wearable, does it? It's kind of mainly handbags. I'm not really a handbag person, but, you no. know. <laughs> it would give a different answer to the question, though, like how can you tell if someone's vegan? It oh, would yeah. be, don't worry, they'll tell you. It will be they're carrying a cabbage leather bag. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry, they'll wear they'll wear you. They'll wear, yeah, yeah, wear yeah. them <laughs> at you. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Ha, ha. Something like that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> So I have to, I have a little bit of downer on some of these because they it sounds like some of them use PU polyurethane yeah. uh, because they're they're just not very supple otherwise and they 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 kind of also use a, a cotton substrate mm. so and I'm thinking oh I was thinking I was like a bit disappointed I was thinking oh I thought it was just made out of just apples or something but no although the tomato skin it sounds like it's the most biodegradable and perhaps they're not using pu don't know but also down the line i'm guessing we're going to have fermented stuff that is mm. going to to do the job just fine rather than something that's extracted from petroleum which obviously is not so good and the we apple covered something uh, we covered something earlier in the year which was mycelium based so mm. it's, it's mushroom based and mm. it was you could almost bring it back to life was my understanding so it could kind of heal itself so if you if you scuffed scuffed your mushroom leather shoe you could put this this agent back onto it like a cream or something that almost then brought it back to life and it would sort of heal itself which which posed all sorts of questions because you were like well does, is it going to just keep growing then once we bring it back to life? What's what's wow. going on? But it, it does seem like certain certain companies in the industry are looking for organic solutions to these things. And like you say, not not having that polyurethane in there. Which again, shout out to Species Unite podcast. They had a guy on, I, I cannot remember his name, probably October 23, I would say. They had this and they were talking about 
the fact that a lot of people will have objections to vegan uh, leather alternatives by saying, well, there's there's plastic in it. But actually, leather shoes, leather handbags will, mm-hmm. will have the same amount, sometimes more, plastics and, and artificial substances in there too so it's kind of like a false argument really right. but 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 nonetheless we should be we should be seeking to not uh, have it in of in course vegan yeah and and all the hideous chemicals that go into the tanning industry and stuff mm. just terrible terrible for the people working in the industry again as well yeah. just horrible yeah you're absolutely right what about yeah. the was meant did you have any thoughts on that can i just say one more thing the oh, apple leather so the tomato one seemed to be just made out of the tomato skins a byproduct yeah. and possibly the plants as well that are, you know byproduct from the the whole plant apple leather now that is made from the pulp and the skins i guess from the apple juice industry I'm a whole food vegan. I would prefer to eat the whole apple, get the fibre as well. So on a yeah. personal level, I'm thinking, hmm, that's not really that's not really a waste product. Yes. You know. But hey, yeah, yeah. that's just me being a killjoy. Um <laughs> but yeah, so the was meant yeah, interesting. So they use fly ash, don't they? Which is a byproduct from burning coal. Concrete is yeah, it's massively, massively appalling the amount of co2 that's emitted and yeah they're saying potentially it's could make a huge impact because it's such a massive industry and also their buildings last longer so Mm. apparently so which has got to be a good thing as well but which one is going to make the most impact i'm not a mathematician in that way well i mean the the category is for the most unlikely plant-based tech development so we can just say what what would we never imagine would be developed into into some tech i mean personally i can't see past cabbage leather um it's I would wear that. I think that's a winner just because of <laughs> Yeah, can't see it going mainstream, but whilst we still remain hip no. and vegan and uh, a minority movement, yeah. I think we can wear a bit of cabbage leather with uh, with pride and uh, yeah. and that can be that really. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's agreed. Excellent. Okay. Well, we've had a chance to to chuckle, to, uh, you know, have a light-hearted conversation, but we are now moving on to a section where we're going to need to let off some steam in a different way. This is for the most annoying story of the year award. So this could be a new story that has been covered in a really ridiculous way or an outcome that has left you fuming or an issue that has been covered in one way but has failed to address other important issues. So several contenders here. There is the quote-unquote Vegan Cat Cafe launching in Canterbury, UK. Uh, NatWest's U-turn on its app's environmental footprint tracker following lobbying from the National Farmers Union. There was Aubrey Plaza's Wood Milk fake ads. The oat milk company in India who used their profits to rescue cows from the dairy industry sounds really good, but they did so by giving dairy farmers money. And a special inclusion from me, the press around the upcoming Christspiracy movie made me very cross, as you might have heard on the relevant episode of the pod, probably in November time, I think it was. Okay, Kate, deep breath before we engage in this mm. one. What has been the story that has got you most annoyed this year? Was it was it one of these studies or is there another one? Studies? Stories. <laughs> well, 
there was something that I thought, ooh, this this was really, really annoying. So HCC and Welsh Athletics team up to launch Healthier Wales Partnership. So I, I'm sorry, my Welsh pronunciation is dreadful, but basically Meat Production Wales, HHCC, and the Welsh Athletics people have joined forces in the name of highlighting the importance of healthy lifestyle to children across Wales. And I was like, oh no, that's health washing, big time, big time. And HCC and Welsh Athletics will be visiting schools across Wales and teaching pupils about the importance of a healthy and balanced diet and physical activity and exercise. It makes me mad. Let's brainwash the children. Yeah. I don't know, and conflating health and fitness with eating meat and all the rest of it. It just makes me mad. Mad, mad, mad. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you say, it's just it's health washing, isn't it? But in a in quite an ill informed yeah. way. And 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 really transparently so as well. Be interesting to know in in, in those workshops and Q and A's and things like that, are they also gonna be promoting mm. the consumption of fruit and vegetables and and grains? and pulses and things like that because i don't think they would be advocating a carnivore diet but then to what extent is the is the meat board going to say oh yeah 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 you should you should eat vegetables too i mean i'm going to say like they've done a very bad job of of advertising meat because i'm looking at this picture and yes there's a there's a wok with a, a sort of discolored mass of congealed what looks like mint but actually the right-hand side of the image, you've got all these fresh vegetables there. There's some fusilli pasta. There's oxo beef stock, which I happen to know mm-hmm. is vegan um, <laughs> a, a, a lot of the time. Oh, mm, I don't know if oxo always is, but a lot of beef stock actually is accidentally vegan. There's loads of like plant-based stuff like filling the screen. So I, I, I think they've done quite a poor job of trying to advertise meat there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, but I don't know. Yeah. The smiley faces, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just think the whole thing's awful. Do you say that's your zenith then? Is is pe- people purporting that, that animal products are really healthy? Is that <laughs> your Achilles heel or is there something that winds you up even more? Oh, that's a major one. Any adverts on the telly from the meat industry that, oh, look at our lovely, happy little animals, you know. Oh, it's so healthy balanced diet you know and all that stuff it's just a load of greenwashing and health washing and all the rest of it it makes me absolutely mad so I get angry over lots of things but that really makes me cross <laughs> well it was it was interesting reading out this this list of contenders because yeah. actually they each push different triggers I would say for me so I so look at them in reverse order the Christspiracy movie that's that, that's been put forward by by plant-based by vegan filmmakers but i i just think it's really dangerous to to kind of speak in in that provocative way about people's way of life i i, I didn't like that at all but the film hasn't been released yet mm. but that that kind of makes me cross in that way whereas things like aubrey plaza's wood milk fake ads that's just somebody being really sarcastic and and trying to just take the mick out of vegans which i don't know it probably depends on your mood doesn't it as to whether that that really winds you up. I think, in a sense, the thing that that has wound me up the most has been the sort of false dawn of the NatWest's U-turn on their app. In that we we recorded it on mm. the we reported it on the pod. In that they were they had this app that was encouraging people to adopt more plant based eating, amongst other things, um, for the sake of their environmental impact. 
And then a couple of weeks later, after some lobbying from the National Farmers Union, they withdrew it. And that kind of spineless cowardice from a bit of lobbying, a bit of bullying, if you like, and then they back down and say, oh, well, never mind then, never mind. We didn't mean it. We'll take it back. That that really winds me up. And I think part of that is because I feel threatened by it, that like all the good work that people are doing, all the science, all the data, and, and most importantly, all the compassionate arguments about why we shouldn't be using animals can just be undone by the big boy in the playground sort of leaning over you with his fist clenched saying, take that back or I'll thump you. And actually people are people are backing down. It's like, oh gosh, that I think that got my goat more than more than any. What did you think about the uh, the cat cafe in Canterbury? Dear, I don't know. What's they're a bit deluded, aren't they? I mean, I mean, well, in, well intentioned, probably. Yeah, I guess so. Are all their cats cats rescued or what? So the story is said that it, it they're the owners of the business. Mm. They are their cats, so they just happen to live with lots of cats, and then they've opened a cafe and they've called it a cat cafe. So people coming in can't adopt them i think a lot of cat cafes that is the deal is that they're rescued cats and then you can adopt them and 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 rehome them mm. but that's not the case here i don't know whether the cats themselves have been rescued mm. or or bought i mean looking at the pictures a lot of them look like they were sort of quite rare breeds and yeah. not necessarily the kind that you would typically mm. as, associate with being rescues but i can't say i know for no. sure yeah i i just I, I wouldn't have had an issue if it was called a plant-based cat cafe i mean i might have had different issues mm. with it but i think the fact that that they're saying that it's vegan mm. i just kind of thought do you know what if you're using the fact mm. that animals are there as a way of getting people in yeah. I, I think that's commodifying mm. them, that no matter what your intentions mm. are. And they probably are good intentions, but like you say, perhaps a little bit deluded. Yeah. Okay, have cats and have a cafe, mm. but don't lock the cats in the cafe with all these strange people coming in and out, I would say. Well, that's it. It's about consent, yeah. isn't it? And like the the, the, the cats are, are showing how they feel about the environment or whatever, mm. but but to what mm. extent do they have a say? I'm thinking my cat, to... my cat hates other cats. If he comes across another cat, he'll fight yes. it. You know, he 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 absolutely knows yeah. it. These cats have no option, do they? So yeah, and I think that the, the difficulty with that one, I I wouldn't say it's the most annoying story of the year. I mean, when it broke, mm. I, I I was a bit cross, and I I sort of mm. gave it a lot of thought and had a few conversations with people about it. But I think it it's it's difficult because my, my main objection is you're taking out a lease on a building, so there's big financial and legal responsibilities you're taking on. And if all of a sudden those cats don't want to be there, you're going to be mm. put in a very difficult position. Are mm. you then going to, you know, cut a few moral corners to keep your business going so that you don't become bankrupt, so you don't get put in, in very difficult positions? And obviously that's quite a hyperbolic worst case scenario. But actually, I, th I think there's probably going to be several scenarios that do happen just in the day to day life in that cafe running that business where mm. you're having to make the choice. Do I do what is right? for my companion animal or do I do what is right for the business and and I don't think that's a that, that seems like a really unnecessary pressure to be putting on what was I think at least two dozen sentient beings like why are you bringing mm. them into it just like mm. <laughs> keep them at home if you if you choose yeah. to live with with 22 cats or however many it was like mm. I don't know it, it didn't seem right to me but um, no. I've never lived with cats so maybe I just don't understand <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, and you're right. They did seem to be like pure breed. You got the the ones with no fur on whatever breed that is. I forget. You know, it's not. I can't. They haven't all just wandered off the street, have they? Because they need a home. So I don't think so. Doesn't doesn't look like it. But no, maybe maybe we Who, should. Maybe maybe we should go and visit and reserve judgment until then. I don't know. You know, I've no idea. But yeah, I on the surface, my gut feeling is mm, no. I feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, definitely change the name to plant based cat cafe. I would, I would mm, say. Yeah, um, but there. But I mean, shall we? Shall we try and? Should we try and crown a winner? Do you want to go for the uh, HCC and Wealth Athletics uh, health washing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got enough studies out there that we're covering each week showing that plant plant based eating is can be yeah. the, the best way to go. We 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 yeah, don't need to put up with this health washing anymore. No, completely. And here they are promoting the most damaging thing to the environment. To kids who, like I've said before, you know, they, they're the ones inheriting our planet and uh, have got the terrible job of clearing, cleaning up after us. If, you know, if we don't sort ourselves out, I just find that, I just dislike it on so many levels. So, yeah. Okay, we have a winner. And uh, while we're on the subject of feeling cross and downbeat, let's take a moment to look at another element of this year's news. Now, we won't vote for anything here out of respect, but we thought it was important to look at some of the biggest setbacks to the animal rights movement in 2023. So that's going to be our next section of the show. Like I say, before we start, we just wanted to acknowledge that obviously every animal that's still not free to live its own autonomous life is a setback not just to those of us who believe in animal rights, but most of all to the animals themselves. And whilst we're making a lighthearted show where we're we're handing out imaginary awards, the last thing we want to do is, is diminish the suffering that goes on every day for billions of animals. And yes, despite a year with so much progress for the vegan and animal rights movement, there have been many setbacks. Many news agencies have shouted loudly and repeatedly over vegan companies or plant-based products contracting in size or going out of business altogether, plant-based ranges or share prices shrinking for heck, Beyond Meat and Oatly hit the headlines, despite the fact that in the recession experienced by most of the world at the moment, there are businesses and products of all kinds being cut back. Yeah. In the UK, changes to the public right to protest peacefully were seen by many as a huge new obstacle for those wanting to campaign on behalf of animals and indeed for any social justice causes. And the immediate implications of this were seen with the protests at this year's Grand National Horse Race. Yes. And in addition to this, we've seen many tragedies befall animals which which are symptomatic of the non-vegan world we live in. All of these have the potential to be big setbacks to all of us who care deeply about non-human animals, but perhaps none catching people's attention more than the seven pigs living at an animal sanctuary in Italy who were ordered to be killed by the government in September following its response to the African swine flu fever virus. Anthony. Have any of these felt like a particularly strong setback from your point of view? I mean, in a sense, in a sense, all of them. I, I, I think I might take out the um, the media 
furor rate of vegan companies and products being withdrawn like that that was annoying perhaps that would would go in the in the previous category i'd say it's left its mark like you still see it in news stories being reported at the turn of the year when we're recording this show it does seem to be a message that have stuck with people they're saying oh yeah well of course beyond meats shares are going down and oatly have dropped a few products and things like that so it's a bit annoying and it's a tiny bit worrying, but I, I don't see it as a massive setback. I, I think I've just got faith that that doesn't really matter. We're in a recession, mm. so we're going to see these mm. things. But I'd say all the other things that we've mentioned there, they all feel like setbacks in different ways. I mean, crushing that the Italian pigs that were slaughtered in, in September following the Italian government's concerns about African swine fever, that affected so many people. Mm. And I, I think people who, who don't necessarily feel compassion to animals might say, well, it's it's only seven pigs. What are you getting so upset about? But I think it's the fact that they're in a sanctuary. You know, they've been rescued from this horrific industry. Mm. They've been given somewhere literally of sanctuary mm. and they're still not mm. safe. That's, I imagine, mm. to anyone who runs a sanctuary or, or donates to one or is closely involved with mm. someone, that would really dash people's hopes. Mm. And of course, it's important that we we bounce back from these things. Mm. But as setbacks mm. go, that that must have felt really crushing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know whether you did. Did you see much of that story when it was being broken? I, I kind of came to it a bit late, I've got to say. Yeah, I, I kind of, I saw it. And and the thing is, these animals, they're not like a, a number, are they? they? They have become someone to all these people that work and visit the sanctuary you know they their characters their their personhood is known to them and it's like <clears throat> i mean like a, a dog and a cat that lives with you they are a member of your family you know it's the same as having a dog or a cat killed in front of you i mean in a probably in a horrific way i don't know but whatever it was yeah hideous um so and, and and there have been stories before where i don't know like say i can't remember why sometimes i remember a cow um in a in some in some sort of religious retreat place that was killed because of potential whether it had some sort of infection or other but yeah it just goes to show that yeah none of our animals in in sanctuaries are potentially safe when there's so many viruses emerging especially you know that have come from factory farming and antimicrobial resistant diseases that will be emerging i mean i'd go further than that and and though it's a bit of a glib point to make i'd say that no no animal in a in a sanctuary or 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 in a world that is not vegan i don't think we can say that any animal is safe because it it, it wouldn't take much for for Mm. a government to say right those animals they're 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 food now you know we we need them for food or or, or whatever it's Mm. i mean i don't imagine that that sort of thing would happen very readily but i think until a significant proportion of the world is vegan and thinks that way Mm. actually that's that's still the battle we're going to have to fight isn't it but um which is why these setbacks hurt so much but Mm. i don't know personally i i think there's it's important to reflect on them yeah, and definitely. to learn what we can from and unite mm. around them. Mm. But um, I'm determined to not not let it stop me or, no, or, or anyone can't. else I care you about. You cannot, you cannot, no. No, I mean, in, in that sense, for me, the biggest setback has been, in the UK anyway, the changes to the public right to protest because yeah. it's, it's basically just given the police a lot more powers to, to mm. stop a protest before it even happens mm. if they've got a slight suspicion that, that anything 
untoward might possibly come from it, mm. which is kind of like a you're guilty until proven innocent yeah. sort, of, sort of thing, which is a, a big threat to, to freedom of speech and the, mm. and the right to protest, which in a sense is good because more it's not just vegans who are getting cross about it. It's not just animal no. rights protesters. It's, it's all sorts of protests. And we saw it, the king's coronation people who were yeah. um, pro-republic literally mm. being blocked from TV screens. So so people yeah. on TV couldn't see that they were there protesting. Mm. Really quite mm. authoritarian. Yeah. I don't know about you, Kate. I'm not particularly worried in the long term about things like that because I think that's a symptom of our zeitgeist, if you like, at the moment. And I can see that sort of thing swinging back in another direction, maybe a change of government in 12 months' time. I, I, I could just see that, that swinging back. But it's, it's a bit of a setback for the minute. One would hope so. I don't know. I I do I do get a bit kind of worried that kind of like we're in the grip of the fossil fuel industry and the meat industry. We've seen all that at the COP twenty eight thing, haven't we? And um, the the protest thing is is a worrying thing. And when you see young people in their very early twenties in prison mm. for walking slowly in the road, it's um quite scary times. Yeah, I hope I hope you're right. I hope it's going to. We we have to hope we have to hope but even so it's not going to stop people protesting is it we have to no. keep raising our voices so but it is kind of like yeah. living in a kind of authoritarian state and one of these one of these countries we've always pointed our fingers got at and so oh, look at the way they're behaving there towards their people you know it's really a bit scary but i mean it won't put off some people it will put off others. There are lots of things out there at the moment that are scary and are not nice. Personally, I think that is personally feel like we feel that way because we've got so many means of accessing this information and connecting with people mm. who can uh, do things like that. I think, would I rather live now or would I rather have lived 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago? The answer is always going to be now. Because I think that, that there are so many things there are so many things that happened in the past that we have no idea about. And I think the it's maybe one of the curses of having such free information that we mm. do now and, and, mm. and connectivity mm. with people is that we we hear bad stuff really easily, which our our chimp brains really can't deal with very well. And and mm. so no wonder we can feel overwhelmed with it sometimes I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay any crappy stuff that's happening in the world right now because mm. yes there is a lot of it um but I do think there has always been mm. crappy stuff going on in the world and it's not stopped progress and it's not stopped people rallying to to prevent it and I think that's what that's what we're doing and yeah. that's that's what we'll keep doing so uh, yeah. I'm not massively I, concerned yeah 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 agreed but on the flip side, we've got the power of social media and all the rest, which is also a massive, massive power of good. It's bringing us all together, you know, all kind of fighting on different fronts, maybe. There's a different way for every single person to address the issues. And 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 it's so well, it gives me a lot of hope when I see what other, everyone else is doing and um, things that I haven't got the courage to do myself quite often. Um, yeah. I just think, wow, I absolutely love it. And so, yeah, it's a powerful good hugely. And actually, we've made so much progress. When I think about it, I don't know if you remember, Anthony, you know, when Fiona Oakes, she went on the BBC on Breakfast Show, I think it was, after she'd, I mean, her Running for Good film, she, after she'd, she'd, she became the fastest woman on, was it Seven Continents or something, running, yeah. running the marathons. 
And she does it because of the animals, because she's vegan, to prove that even with one kneecap, she can still beat everybody else on a, on a, on eating twigs and leaves. There she was on the BBC. You mustn't mention the word vegan. That's what they yeah. said to her. This is how long ago? Yeah. Is it five years ago? Six years ago? Not long. It's not long, yeah. is it? BBC, do not went, mention the word vegan. But she did. Good, good, good woman. Good woman. Yeah. And, um, and they, they were like sitting there with their eyes like saucers thinking, oh no, she's mentioning yeah. the vegan word. But we've come such a long way because there's David Attenborough on the TV yeah. now telling everybody if you if you care about the natural world if you care about animals in the wild if you care about your own future the future of your families eat a plant-based diet yeah. how yeah what how far have we come in such a short time so for all the setbacks there are some really positive things happening. We wanted to bring the show to a positive conclusion. And although we can become dispirited by setbacks, like you say, Kate, the wave of positive vegan stories and progress in animal rights is the thing to focus on. Mm, that's right. And these things only happen because of everyone out there doing their very best to advocate on behalf of animals. Now, in the Enough of the Falafel Collective, we believe that anyone doing their best to raise awareness of animal rights and to promote ways in which we can live our lives in ways that don't stand in the way of these rights is a true champion. That's absolutely right. However, <laughs> we want to finish this special episode by discussing some of our favourite pieces of advocacy in the last 12 months. Now, first up, in September this year, pretty much every week, on the show, we featured a new study report or piece of press release that originated from Professor Andrew Knight. He authored several studies showing how healthy vegan cats could be, the environmental impact of switching to plant-based foods for companion animals, and also he spoke out against the treatment of chickens at battery farms. In the world of sport, Lisa Gawthorne has won both European and World Duathlon Championships this year. As well as being vegan for 20 years, Lisa is an active campaigner for a vegan lifestyle and has books to her name as well as world sports titles and is an amazing vegan runner. Yay! Yes. And whilst not 100% strict vegan, New York Mayor Eric Adams has continued to advocate strongly for a plant-based diet to millions of New Yorkers, putting forward new initiatives and campaigns as well as this year celebrating the one-year anniversary of his plant-based hospitals initiative this October, which has resulted in nearly a million plant-based meals being served in hospitals across his jurisdiction. Kate, do you have a, a favourite piece of vegan advocacy from the last 12 months? Well, I applaud them all. I think they are all amazing. And I mean, many more besides. Yeah, and many more besides. So many, so many. I mean, Lisa, out there proving you can be your best self as a vegan. I absolutely love that, the positivity. She's an amazing woman. My goodness, does she work hard. Vegan, vegan vets... Andrew Knight, Ariel Griffiths, like I mentioned as well, facing up to the enormously powerful pet food industry, including raw food. Uh, I just think that's mega, mega. Yeah, I think probably, oh, I don't know, it's so hard to choose. I just, it is. Can, can, you can abstain. Can I? Thank you. I'll let you abstain. <laughs> yeah. It's a coward's I, way out though, isn't it? That's a coward's no, way. I think it's the diplomatic way out. Oh, okay. I, 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 I think every every bit of activism does things in different ways, doesn't it? 
and and we can very easily overlook something that might affect one person but actually that for that one person it's it's massive and for the for those few animals it impacts it's massive so yeah p- picking one is is perhaps a moot point mm. in terms of impact I can't look much further than Eric Adams, although he's mm. he doesn't he doesn't identify as as a strict vegan. Been you know furore when he's been seen eating eating fish. In the fact that in that those numbers, like mm. in a year, mm. nearly a million plant based meals have been served in hospitals. Yeah. That the cultural impact that mm. that can have is is massive, and what that could start off is incredible. So mm. though it seems odd to be nominating somebody who doesn't identify as vegan as as the the best act of, of vegan advocacy in yeah. the year, yeah. uh, th- that that does stand out to me. The fact that he is the mayor of New York as well. Yeah. The fact that he's got voted in there in the first place as well, and his health story, so much potential to change people. Mm. And as somebody who changed through their own selfish health crises initially. Um, you know, I do hear people dissing. Oh, no, well, you know, you, you, oh, ve- those that are vegan for health, well, they don't really care about the animals, but we all are on a journey. Yeah. And he's showing that you can be super healthy on a plant-based diet. Yeah. Okay, he's not perfect, but who is? None of us are. We're all yeah. trying to do the best we can in a non-vegan world, are we not? Yeah. As a vegan society say. So, okay, I will let you you decide, Anthony. <laughs> is that well, your decision? No, no, I think I'm going to abstain as well. Like they, okay. they, they all jump out in different ways. I mean, I, I love what Andrew Knight's done. I, I, I'd not heard yeah. of him before we broke that first story about um, mm. the vegan cat study. He's a vegan runner as well. Yay! Of course he is. All the best people are, aren't they, Kate? Um, But I just love the idea. I mean, I don't know him at all. I've never met him. But I just love the idea of this, like, slightly nerdy professor just, like, going crazy with studies and just flooding the world with them. And just, like, every week we were seeing him pop up with a new thing that was getting reported on as well. So, Mm. yeah, it's massive kudos to to everyone. And and all all the nameless people as well. I mean, we featured earlier in this show the the universities that are choosing to go plant-based well that that's a lot of people putting in a lot of work there and they don't get a name check but my goodness it has a big impact so kudos to everyone out there doing anything that they can I think that's a good note to end on so that that brings us to the end of our 2023 vegan news awards we do hope you've enjoyed the show perhaps you've learned about some new stories from the last 12 months that you missed the initial coverage of uh, as well as maybe being reminded of some of the highlights and lowlights of last year's vegan headlines and issues. I'd just like to say thank you, Anthony, for asking me because I've thoroughly enjoyed doing this. It's been all right, so, hasn't it? It's been all right. It's been all right. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> but if you disagree with our assessment, you know what to do. Drop us an email via enoughofthefalafel at gmail.com or message on the socials at enoughofthefalafel. We're on TikTok insta and facebook and we love hearing from you and sharing your thoughts with the wider community indeed now unless you're listening to this in the first few hours of the episode going live you'll be listening to us from 2024 or possibly even later in the future later in the future does that work anyway (laughs) the fact is you will also have access to our going vegan mini series which will now have new episodes dropping every few days throughout veganuary 2024 and they will stay up there forever as well as well as hopefully being interesting insightful and entertaining for long-term vegans 
these shows will be ideal for people new to veganism, dipping their toe in, trying it out, or in their first few weeks and months of going full vegan. So if you know someone who would enjoy listening to stories of other people's first forays into veganism, do share the Going Vegan mini-series with them. You'll even hear Kate on one of them. Blathering on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, with just mere hours left of the year... It only remains for us to make some predictions for 2024 in the world of veganism and animal rights. And you go first. What do you think 2024's episodes of Vegan Week will feature? Ooh, okay. Hmm, that's only a year, isn't it? So Mm. difficult to predict something too wacky. I'm going to say another country is going to come up with a like like a bold pro plant based statement like Denmark did this year. Mm. Let's go for another European country. How specific do I need to be? Do I need to name the country or can I just say European country? Oh, you can say a European country, but I have an inkling it might be Spain. Oh, do you reckon? Just just from some of the... I can't remember where I've heard it. Um, they've had the big yeah. animal rights legislation bill Yeah, but there, was, there was something else as well. Um, oh, didn't they, didn't they complain about COP28? Oh, um, really? I have a thing. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about so many things, but, you know, I think it might be Spain. Okay, I'm going to take your tip there. I'm going to say Spain is going to put a really (laughs) pro-plant-based message out there. And I'd like to go for another prediction. I'm going to go for a new new vegan leather made out Mm. of mung beans. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but isn't that a waste of mung beans? Well, true. True. Great source of fibre. What's your prediction for 2024 (laughs) going to be then, Kate? What's going to happen in the world of veganism? Well, um, so I think after the USA, I think cultured meat is going to, and fermented meat as well, which possibly precision fermentation, I think maybe has has a huge potential I don't want to eat it personally. I don't want to eat anything meaty at all because I think it's yucky. (laughs) And it's also not as healthy and I have to be careful. But um, I think it's a really exciting field. And especially with the precision fermentation, you know, anything that can be dreamed up, they can potentially create. I mean, perhaps they can precision ferment fur, although I wouldn't want to wear it. But flavors that have not even that nature hasn't come across yet possibly you know colors anything so i'm hoping that there's going to be some big things coming out there this year i'm hopeful um one more one more prediction just one yeah really specific Um, as well you've got to be so like on point oh you're mean um (laughs) okay well i was gonna say the government decide to transfer animal sub-farm subsidies to um, planting orchards and oh. growing fruits and vegetables. But that's not, I can't see that happening. So that's not one. I'm, at, I'm, I'm just ruling that one out right now. Okay. That's, that's oh, a hope. It's a shame though. That's a hope. There, yeah, it's a shame. I, I can't say it's a prediction. So I'm predicting that more doctors and health professionals will see the light and pre- be telling people to go plant-based at least for their health so i've already seen that even in my own local doctor surgery i'm so gobsmacked 
I can't tell you. So I'm thinking and hoping that it's they they are going to actually some more doctors and health professionals are going to read the science and think, oh, hang on a minute, and start telling their patients, try this, you know, what have you. So that's my other prediction. Okay. So we'll listen back to this episode on the 31st of December 2024 and see if we are right. Okay, that is enough of the falafel for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. She's been Kate. And he's been Anthony. And this has been 2023 Vegan News Awards from Enough of the Falafel. This has been a pre-recorded show from Enough of the Falafel Productions, recorded on the 10th of December 2023. So any news stories coming to the press between this date and the end of the year have therefore been omitted from the show. So if we've missed a whopping big story from the running order, hold your emails because now you know why. Feel free to give us abuse for any other stories we should have featured from the rest of the year though. Happy New Year. Goodbye. Goodbye.